Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 39. That's nine. So close to 40. So close, so close, so close to the end of our 30s. (laughs) I still think the podcast is a a human being that has aged (laughs) rapidly, really tragically. Yeah, yeah, pretty rapidly, yeah. Death will come soon for it. Well, quite. (laughs) No, hopefully not. No, we don't want that. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Right. Still, we are battling through lockdown. So yes. As well as can be expected in such bizarre circumstances, I feel. Back to remote recording. Uh, well, any poisonings this week? Oh, well, as I said, but I don't know. There could be, but I've not, I've not really been been let out. So um, let to out. Discover them. What? <laughs> Is well, this from the last bout of poisoning? You're not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> Is it lockdown or is it house arrest? <laughs> there's a fine line, you know. There's a fine, <laughs> fine line. No, there has been no poisoning. I have not been responsible for any of it. No creeping about and a top hat and a cape. Well, yes, obviously creeping about <laughs> a top hat and a cape. As is your want of a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, well, that's nice. I haven't killed anyone either yet this week. Well, well I mean, I'd have poisoned people, but no one's died yet. Yeah, playing the waiting game. Well, Nick. Yes? Are you ready mm. to drink cocktails and talk about poison? I, I'm I'm well up for drinking a cocktail. I haven't had one for at least three or four days. So Sweet Jesus. I know. What has become of the world? I mean, I was going to say we could drink poison and talk about cocktails, but this man needs a drink. <laughs> I need a drink so, so much. The absence <laughs> of cocktails is poison enough for you. <laughs> this... <laughs> I don't know why I do that voice. Yeah, it's, it's a weird voice. <laughs> we established on Patreon this week that I can do an American accent. I but not do an, an evil American one. Accent. I can't do an evil American accent. I laugh. I, don't, I can't do it. I don't know why. Well, I mean, is is an evil accent any different to a normal accent? No, technically. I just, I, I always go British. I always go to proper Bond villains. Sort of <laughs> kind of, oh, well, Mr. Bond, I think you'll find this tea quite tasty. That sort of thing. I don't know what. That just sounds like Aunt June or something. What, what did your Aunt June do, Nick? She was a terrifying person. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, we'll talk about that later. Well, it's my story this week, but as we've established, can't, can't, can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. Madness. Madness, I say. And every week, our cocktail is flavoured by a secret ingredient which is inspired by the tale that we tell. And seeing as it was my story this week, yes, I was, wasn't it? Mm. the mm. secret ingredient. And what a corker you chose. You know what? Okay. It wasn't an abstract thing. It wasn't a sentiment. It's a genuine bona fide ingredient, and it is a porter. Ooh. Delicious. Yeah, uh, finally. Oh, yes. Uh, occasionally we stumble across a drink that Nick does not like. <laughs> it doesn't often happen, but no. you've found one. Now, this, now, porters, for those who don't know, and I don't think there's many who won't, but porters are very close to stout. Uh, and we know how Nick reacted to the Guinness cocktail that we created a while ago. There was, that was, there was... the worst thing I've ever drunk. <laughs> it wasn't really. Oh, it was dreadful. Utterly vile. Really, even the orange juice and milk debacle. <laughs> See, I put an accent on the end because yeah, it was... Deba- yeah, yeah. <laughs> debacle. <laughs> debacle. Yes, debacle. To make it seem much more fancy. Multiple debacles <laughs> were in, was a fucking incident in a glass is what it was. <laughs> well, we both had terrible ones each. But I think a porter, now a porter, I think can be delicious. It's often in the craft beer um, movement that has happened. You can find some amazing porters. They're usually quite strong. You've got lovely flavours of chocolate and spice a lot more so than you have in your traditional stout. Yeah, a porter can be damn tasty. It's not a it's not a quaffing drink, I would say. No, no, indeed not. But I do fear for you, Nick, because there's not a lot of way you can describe, you yeah. can disguise the flavour. But with porter... What have you come up with? Yeah, but there, there are not a huge amount of porter cocktails out there. And I have I've found one okay. and mainly chosen it because of the excellent name. Okay. So we have gone for A Darkness at the Edge of Town. Oh my God. Oh which my is the best God. name ever for a cocktail. That is amazing. That is the best <laughs> name we've ever had. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know why. Yes. The dark- oh, so many images. Oh, such shivers <laughs> down the spine. I'm, I'm a sucker for anything literary or kind of macabre. Oh. Well, I think mainly it is where the town has obviously put the, the porter sellers in the right place, right on the edge. Get back, <laughs> you evil beer sellers. This is where you're allowed on the edge of Only town. Only the Guinness people are the people behind them. <laughs> They're just in the woods. They've been eaten by bears. <laughs> the bears have all just gone, Ugh! Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, the darkness the at darkness the, edge of, of the edge of town. This needs to be a series of short stories that all of our listeners write. Just do it, guys. Micro stories on Instagram. Oh, I don't know why I'm so excited by that. Well, I mean... <laughs> it could be awful. It's a great name. I mean, it already starts with a terrible ingredient. Uh, I feel bad for you. <laughs> that we, we Didn't we have another cocktail? I think you made one up and it was the we called it the Mysterium and it was a bad cocktail. So we took the name back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we would not let it be sullied. <laughs> no, but say, I, don't, I don't feel I can do that on this one because this is not my cocktail. Um, oh, okay. So. But it, it's, got, it's, it's got some interesting things. So we shall, we shall see. Well, exciting. So as we are both in lockdown, we are in our separate homes and going into our separate isolation kitchens. Nick has delivered me some of the ingredients. So he's going to tell me what to do we're gonna go shake up a storm so see you in a minute see you in a bit and we're back hello so nick 
The darkness at the edge of town. The darkness at the edge of town. Okay, so, ooh, interesting. It looks, it's it's dark. It looks like a glass of flat Coca-Cola. It really does. <laughs> okay, the one of the nice things about being in isolation and uh, not being able to socialise is that Nick drops off little tiny bottles of ingredients for me <laughs> when we're doing the cocktails because he, he has the poisoner's cabinet at home and when I can't have the ingredients, he just drops off the little mysterious bottles are left on my doorstep. It's like, excellent. <laughs> Uh, my neighbours worry for me. Mix two of these with your favourite beer <laughs> and call me in the morning. <laughs> so talk us through it because well, no, I have I'm questions. I'm not going to. I want, you to really? try, I want you to taste it first. Oh, okay. Okay. And then um, we're going to I'm go af- with what's, um, what's in it. I'm afraid. Well, yes, as yeah, as everyone should be. I'm not because I'm I'm worried that I'm, I'm sure I heard you right, but I feel like I've put a lot of porter in this. If this is it's it's a fairly long yeah. drink. Okay, all right. Merry then. Christmas. So we're going to taste it without knowing what's in it. Yeah. Well, we know one of the things. Uh, in it. Merry Christmas. Oh, we know it's porter. All right. Cheers. Enjoy. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> I think it was because I was mixing it and I, I think I licked something off my finger and I, I swear to God, I thought it was Jaeger. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, there oh. is not Jaeger in it. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not great. It's not bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not nice. I wouldn't choose to order it. I do genuinely keep thinking there's going to be that awful medicinal hit for some reason. Maybe because it's dark and it's a drink and maybe it's reminding me of Jaeger or something like that. And that doesn't come. And then you're like left with a bit of nothing and then the bitterness comes in. So, uh, yay. <laughs> well, where uh, earth so you've what, got Jaeger? There's nothing to do with Jaeger going on here. I don't know. Psych- I don't know. Something's gone wrong there. So, so okay. So what are we drinking then, Nick? Well, you know what? Give it another couple of goes. Oh, <gasps> give it another couple of tugs on this one. <laughs> right, hang on a minute. That has gotten better. Oh my god! You may have heard one of my favourite sayings before about the third, the third sip. Yes, and it gets better for, for uh, as I say on a Negroni. So this is a variation of that. So we have gin and we have aperol. Oh, oh! So that okay. was, that was in the bottle. That's in the bottle that I gave to you. So it's just a gin, aperol, porter, mm-hmm. and a squeeze of orange juice, which again mm. is often used in a Negroni as well. Yes. So it's one of those ones that the first sip in it is vile. Yeah. And then sort of second and third, you go actually. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm leaving. You know. My God, you're right. It's curiously complex after a few. The first sip, few sips, I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Okay, we're gonna yeah. throw this out. It's horrible. It's too, it was so it was all bitterness and weirdness. And like, it's all oh, weird. What's it? But you're but when your t- taste it, buds right. get used to it, your taste buds sort of <laughs> acclimatise to. Well, they sort of know what to expect that there is going to be this desperately bitter sort of hitch. But then once the shock is gone, you get to appreciate some of the underlying <laughs> weirdness of it all it's actually and, I mean, all right I, I mean what i did do as well because i thought i mean obviously porter is an incredibly powerful flavor as it is yes um i actually used the um the tom's gin the officer's reserve yes yeah so it's got a bit of it's got a real bit of oomph Definitely behind does. it on the on the gin so i thought that might help cut through some of the some of the porter being quite so so heavy it works with the porter if that was stout there's no way that that will work. No. Because depending on what, what porter did you get? I've got this one called, uh, is it the Colonel, I think? Yes, I used the same one. Yeah, Colonel. So Colonel's a great uh, brewery. Uh, they do a lot of craft beers. I had another one which I opened called, it was a plum pudding porter, which I was worried that would be too sweet. Actually, I'm sort of regretting not trying it in this because it wasn't sweet. It wasn't like a milk stout at all. It had lots of kind of subtle flavours and I feel like, oh, would that have worked? But then again, you know, the porter, that and one was a great going on in there. Yes, um, and porters are more the, complex. Yeah, yeah. So you've got so you've got the porter. You've got a very herbal gin. 
And you've got, obviously, the Aperol, which is, again, is another herbal bitterness in there. So you probably don't want anything more complex being added to that. It it shouldn't work. It's, it's surprisingly, it actually, it's okay. I will finish this drink. Um, <gasps> it's not going to be one that I run out and... It's made me want a Negroni. <laughs> so. Well, you can make a Negroni after. I'll drink Yay! this one. Yeah. Yay. It's definitely an odd one. After a couple of drinks, it just feels natural. Stick with it. It does. <laughs> with our darkness at the edge of the town, plural, firmly in hand. Are you ready for a story, Nick? I think we should. I think you should. You've had to endure the porter. There better, well be a, better be a story in the yeah, end Exactly. This. I better get a story <laughs> out of this. I'm being okay. forced to drink beer. Well, this week, it's, um, it's actually a continuation of a story if we will now a couple of weeks ago on patreon our lovely lovely patreon subscribers were treated to a story of a poisoning in norfolk and the second part of this tale we are treating to everybody yay so i'm hoping that people who haven't heard the first part will be able to make sense of what's going on oh it's all just absolute gobbledygook to them yeah Excellent. there's no so way you, if you haven't listened to that one you will not have a clue what's going on um. absolutely no of course you will it's not just our cruel ploy for more of you to go and join patreon of course do do because the story's fantastic you want to hear the first part of the story and all everything else we have on patreon oh yeah go for it about- Rasputin and cults and the Tylenol murders. Go check out Patreon. And mainly us prattling around with our bloopers because there's so much rubbish we take out of these things. But enough of Patreon. Yes, this is the continuation that we started on Patreon, but this is the biggest poisoning case out of the two. Continuation of our toxic tales from beautiful Norfolk in the east of England. As I said, you don't need to know the details of the first Patreon story that's connected to this. What you do need to know is that there were two rather well-known poisoning cases in Norfolk in the 1800s, a short space of time apart, and they share one link. The link is the wise woman named Hannah Shorten. Do you remember Hannah Shorten? I I remember the name, but she's just a poisoner rather than a wise woman. No, she was not the poisoner. She is a bit player in these various poisoning cases. (laughs) Which... (laughs) <laughs> well, a wise, a wise woman. A wise woman. Yeah, she's totally a witch. So this is a story of witches and Norfolk and poisoning and sex and intrigue and houses. Ooh, houses. Sexy Ooh, houses. Sexy and, houses. Yes. Oh, it's more than that. There's dumplings. Now, they see, that would have made a perfectly good secret ingredient. I offered you dumplings and you said no. <laughs> <laughs> you think, said don't be stupid and you I think, threw I stuff think at me. <laughs> dumpling cocktail could have been interesting (laughs) (laughs) someday because there are a lot of dumpling cases one day it will be dumplings but today is not that day nick today Today is is not not that that day. day hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A quick recap of the story we covered on Patreon, and do listen to that one because a lot of it's, it's pretty damn funny. But what you need to know is that in 1832, a woman named Mary Wright did away with her husband and another family member by way of arsenic via a rather delicious plum cake. Mm. Mary was was quite the loon, accusing her husband of giving fish to other women and um, setting fire to her house randomly for attention. Scandal. I, I believe it was it not setting fire to a tablecloth. Uh, tablecloth and her furniture. And chairs. Yes, it yes. Was chairs and tablecloth were the main focuses of pyrotechnics. Exactly. Just wanted attention. That was it. And haven't we all been there? But while devising ways in which to dispatch her husband, Mary enlisted the services or the guidance of a wise woman or, as you said, a witch. She was otherwise known, Hannah Shorten. Now, there's no indication that Hannah was responsible for any of the deaths of Mary's loved ones, but what she did do was show her the mystical ways of arsenic. She used to use arsenic in some of her spells, used it, combined it with salt for some, as you said, pyrotechnics, really, (laughs) to sort of beguile her customers who had come through the door. It was enough to put the thought of arsenic in Mary's mind. Mary would later be convicted of murder and died in prison while awaiting transportation. Apparently she would sooner die rather than go to Australia. (laughs) Where all the poisonous things live. Oh God, yeah, actually. (laughs) She could have cleaned up out there. That's the terrifying thing about Australia. I love Australia. Absolutely love it. But there are signs when you go in of just, this shit will kill you. Don't touch it. Like, okay, where do I go? Just fucking take your chances, love. No, perhaps with Mary's passing, the people of Norfolk could breathe easy and felt this trouble with poison was all behind them. But no, no. But let us go, Nick. Come with me now. Come with me now. I'm coming. I'm coming. Come on, come on, come on. Get your porter. Run, 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 run. To the village of Burnham Market. But five miles away from the scenes of Mary's crimes and just two years after they took place. Now, Burnham Market is a quiet place. It has a pub, a pharmacy. Two churches, two, two, overkill. Village Green, it's it's a lovely, nice Norfolk village. It's not a very wealthy place. You're not thinking high society here. Now, Norfolk, I freaking love Norfolk. I went there on a mini break and genuinely, it was one of the best places I've ever been to in England. It's a lovely place. It is. Norwich is very nice. The coast, there's many seals. Isn't Dan from Real Life Ghost Stories from Norfolk? I don't know. I mean, he goes there a lot. Maybe he has a past and that's where it is. Perhaps he just likes it. <laughs> he just goes, wanders there in the dark. If you're listening, Dan, we love you. And uh, are you from Norfolk? Tell us, tell us your secrets. But in Burnham Market, we are going to go to North Street 
We're going to saunter down North Street and we are going to chance upon three terraced cottages, Nick, all next to each other. As terraced what- cottages generally are. <laughs> yes, I felt the need those, to explain those, that. Those fantastic detached terraced cottages. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want people to picture like three cottages that weren't attached. They were attached, goddammit. I don't, these are weird things I explain. I don't know why. <laughs> Thinking of like workman's cottages. Sort of I live in a terraced cottage. You've been here a lot. Oh, is yours a cottage? <laughs> it doesn't look like a cottage. Where's the thatched roof? What's its name? <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah, actually. <laughs> Let's not tell everyone the name of your house. No, indeed. But um, cottage is in it. The cottage is in it. <laughs> Try and find it in Canterbury, guys. Anyway, so three terrace cottages. You've got your picture it in your mind. Picture your street, Nick. In one house lived James Billing and his wife, Frances, known as Fanny. And they're eight children. It's a small house. Yep. Now, you know yep. the size of your house and there's eight yep. kids in there. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be enjoyable. <laughs> no. In the middle are Peter and Mary Taylor, who have no children, probably don't enjoy living next to the Billings. Probably not, no. (laughs) And are constantly banging on the walls. (laughs) Peter Taylor was a shoemaker and his wife was a shoe binder. Peter Taylor also, brilliantly, occasionally worked as a barber, a pub waiter and a singer. Excellent. Yeah, hopefully not all at once. Well, you imagine like a singing waiter. He goes around serving, (laughs) singing. Say waiter. Yes, he was a pub waiter, yes, a so, barber, pub waiter. and a barber, yeah. and a singer. So, what, entertaining? I suppose I prefer that barber, apart from all that bloody chat you have to make with your people. Going, <laughs> oh, are you going to ask for your holidays? <laughs> Shut up, I don't care. Sing me a song. Sit in silence. Sing me a song. <laughs> Sing me a song and serve me a drink. There we are. Exactly. Well, he, he did a roaring trade. <laughs> and in the last house, that last house is split into two. There's a carpenter's shop on the ground level. And above it, Robert and Catherine, also known as Kate, Frary. And they have three children. Now, it's important to remember who lives in which house there. All of these people are important. I'm not just, I'm not That's adding. Right. I, I should have written this down. You're going to need to. Made a drawing. <laughs> there are many, many crossovers here. So, yes, a, <laughs> sunny in Philadelphia style, kind of just red tape all over the place. Yep. Write it down. Move on. Get your pens out. Lovely, cosy street in Norfolk. As I said, these people are not wealthy, nor are they particularly well educated, much like Mary Wright in the previous story. Uh, but they're living off as well as they can off the land. Now, let's go back to house number one with Fanny. Frances Fanny Billings. 46 years young she is. Mother to eight kids. Actually had given birth to 14 children in her life. Uh, six died in infancy. Mm. Yeah. Not uncommon, nothing untoward, nothing untoward, but each. Mm. But uh, yes, she's a washerwoman. Husband is a farm labourer. She's a good church-going woman, known to be firm and strong of character. Later described as being a woman, and I quote, of... No ordinary endowments. Okay. What does that mean? I think it's all in the tone. No ordinary endowments. I mean, if you say it like, she's of no ordinary endowments, then maybe so, she's... Well, no ordinary... So it implies that she is quite extraordinary in some way. Well, there. No ordinary endowments. <laughs> <laughs> Does she just have incredibly large breasts? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say it, but there we are. <laughs> so whatever they are, they're not ordinary. <laughs> Maybe she has six. I don't know. <laughs> Hence all the kids. Whatever her endowments, Fanny was certainly appealing enough in one way or another to attract attention. For it seems, Nick, and I have to tell you, she and Peter Taylor next door were said to be having an affair. Scandal. Scandal. I mean, he is a shoemaking, barber, singing waiter. I mean, how I mean, could, you, how could you resist that? Nothing. That nothing combination could... is impossible to refuse. But you can imagine in this sort of setting, these houses close together. <laughs> <laughs> 
But in a village like this, you can't really be knocking off your neighbour without tongues beginning to wag. No, and it's not. Yes, because yeah, <laughs> these houses—they're not. These are houses aren't soundproof. Oh no! Um, oh no! No no! And it's no, like no. next door, so. <laughs> Your husband's going to know where you are. Lots of shaking uh, of walls back and forth. Yeah, this is not a subtle approach. Gossip starts to chatter in the village about this pair. Um, it's only a matter of time before Fanny's husband, James, finds out. He finds out because apparently he f- catches them in close conversation in the shared outside privy. Jolly. That's a sexy, sexy place <laughs> to go to, I think. It's where time. I have all my close conversations, I think you'll find. <laughs> I need to talk to you about the rent. Let us go to the toilet together. <laughs> or they just mixed up the schedule and, and they were just a compromising position fighting over the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. There's one privy outside. I don't know if there was a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. If you have to share a toilet, I'd want a fucking schedule. I mean, maybe the law of nature would dictate it somewhat. <laughs> well, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Just eat all your meals at this time. <laughs> well, either way, they're Thanks. shagging in the toilet. James comes in. Now, James is, is a is a passionate man, a passionate in a bad way. He loses it pretty much and beats both of them. Peter is pummeled. Fanny has a black eye. Ooh. And it's so bad that Fanny, Fanny actually has James arrested. She, she calls the police. She kicks him out. Won't be having this. Eh, soon lets him back in again because it's the 1800s. Mm. It's her husband uh, and they have eight kids to feed so yeah well indeed yeah so he's bringing the money isn't he so exactly as as the gossips are just dissecting all of this over their tea there is yet more scandal in north street for but two doors down at the house of kate frary the third neighbor she's also said to be having an affair with a mr gridley not mr gridley mr gridley comes to town oh yes so she's shagging someone fanny's running next door to shag the, the street is shaking it is just shaking sounds like quite the place to be <laughs> it does quite fun <laughs> so with all of this extramarital business going on um and the gossips chattering chattering away there are far more troubling incidents that seem to be at hand at kate's house Far more troubling than extramarital spanking or whatever they get up to. (laughs) Now, now Kate is a childminder uh, for the village. She's used to looking after lots of the young children in the village while their parents go off to work, including the women as well. And one day she is looking after the baby daughter of Mrs. Elizabeth Southgate. And this is in 1835. And while Elizabeth is out working, she comes back to pick up her toddler, her daughter. She finds the little girl violently ill violently ill in Kate's care and Kate has no explanation for this other than the fact that her husband Robert is also very very ill in bed and the poor child is howling in agony Kate trying to help the young girl and her mother gives the little girl some water sweetened with sugar and the child seems to settle for a little while but as she's taken home but 15 minutes later she is screaming in convulsions and sadly the child dies next day it's said of natural causes it wasn't sugar well (laughs) now robert himself is too afflicted with the same illness but he's not going so easily kate dutifully is feeding him sweetened gruel through the night you want a bit of sugar in your gruel don't you who doesn't of course sitting by his side soothing him as he rolls in agony but he seems to recover a little the next day he's doing okay well enough that kate feels she can leave the house she can take a trip with her dear friend and neighbor fanny 
the one in house number one who has been having the sex with Peter. Keeping up with me here? <laughs> sex with house, house number, number two. House number two. House number three. So, so, so now house number three has gone shopping with house number one who's having sex with house number two. Absolutely. Excellent. I'm on track. You've got a system. I like it. <laughs> Kate and Fanny are going to go off on a shopping trip and see a friend of Kate's. Well, a contact, a, a, a good kind of confident, a woman named Hannah Shorten. Ah. Yes. Kate is very interested, it said, in drugs, charms, and conjurations. Aren't we all? And she's been going to Hannah for some time for guidance and for readings. Hannah's only too happy to oblige and regularly gives Kate all sorts of predictions and strange bits of witchery. Money, please. There we are. Yeah, for a, for a, for a delightful fee, I have no doubt. Grass my palm with silver. Give me a pound. On this trip, Hannah gives a reading to both women. And she looks in her teacup, she stares at the tea leaves, and she declares that both women would be facing troubled times all too soon. The two ask Hannah for further guidance. They even ask her to come back to Burnham Market the next day and attend little Harriet Southgate's funeral, the toddler who died. Hannah does so, wafting around the village mysteriously. (laughs) Was she the darkness of the edge of town? Yes, we could see it as either she's the weird, strange, wonderfully wise woman watching all of this, or she's the pissed woman at the end of the street swinging a bottle of porter, screaming, I tell your fortune! As the two neighbours returned home, it said that they were met, just by, by chance, on the street by Peter Taylor. Fanny meets Peter Taylor. How strange to see you here. Oh, oh, yes. let, us, let us walk together and talk about that thing that we need to talk about, the thing. Over yeah, there, let, let me, uh, yes, uh, there, there, there's a leak in the bathroom. Let's go and look at that now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at that now. Let's have a bloody good look at those geraniums in our garden. <laughs> Fanny's husband, James, comes outside, sees them together again. A furious row breaks out. We know that James has a violent temper. Kate has Self goes home to her husband who seems to be making a gradual recovery and after this trip to see Hannah Shorten and after this encounter that Fanny has with her jealous husband who won't let her see her lover rightly so Mm. Kate who goes home and the husband who seemed to be worsening seems to be getting better the two women come together the next day and they seem to form something of an agreement shall we say around the time of Harriet's funeral. But before they attend the funeral, the two women are rumoured to have visited the local pharmacy inquiring about a certain type of poison that would be suitable for killing rats and mice in their homes. <laughs> so many rats. So, so many, many rats. rats. They are good housewives. They need something that will deal with these pests in their Absolutely. house. <laughs> and at the funeral of Harriet... Southgate, which the women are invited to. Elizabeth Southgate, the mother, is still friends with Kate and with mm. Fanny. She sees nothing wrong. She she absolutely fit, counts them as dear friends. Dreadful accident or just a natural cause is illness. So nothing to be suspected, I'm sure. Indeed. It said at the funeral of Harriet, which Hannah Shorten attends, uh, they go to the neighbours' houses afterwards. Uh, she calls in on Kate's house where Robert is upstairs ill and she makes, uh, she's heard to say a strange a pronounced on entering the house dear me here is smell like a dead corpse <laughs> just what you want to hear when you go into someone's house <laughs> it's like well nice to meet you too welcome to my house 
well, I was going to give you some cake, but now I'm just going to be sick. <laughs> it's always lovely to have new people here. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, around this time, Fanny's husband, James, he also becomes ill, you know, with stomach pains and a fever oh. and the vomiting. He must have picked something up from Robert. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it they're, must have been. Obviously, they're sharing a privy and all that sort of thing. So They're all fighting over this, but they can't get into the privy. Everyone's shagging in it. <laughs> Maybe James and Robert were having an affair in there. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> Please, I love you. And so these, these husbands in the two thousand house number one and house number three, uh, suffering awfully. And over in Kate's house, Robert's condition is worsening and her friend, Elizabeth Southgate, the mother of Harriet, comes over and calls and inquires on Robert's health. She does, she's concerned. While visiting... Kate offers her a drink, a drink of porter, <laughs> which is great when you come in. It's like, would you like some really, really fucking strong stout? <laughs> it's a, yeah, I mean, that's a strange thing to offer. It's quite common. I mean, it's like a beer or so, like back then a porter and a beer. You, you would be offered that. Yeah, but mm, OK, no. <laughs> no, no to history. Is that what you're saying? No, but porter was such a hugely, so much stronger than, yes, absolutely. You would have had beer more than water half the time because it mm. was safer. Yeah, but a porter, as he says, is a hefty, strong it's drink. Re- it's recorded um, as porter. Porter no, was, wasn't that different from stout in its strength. And stout, fucking common in those sorts of places because it needs to be thick For and hearty sure. and iron. And you need to be drinking that if you're out working the fields. You need yep. something that's going to give you nutrients as well as to make you merry to give you that little bit well, of well that's where it gets its name from oh because the porters drank it because yeah. because it was a favorite drink about like railway porters and stuff like that who used to dragging luggage around and stuff all day mm. and hurling it into the carriage piss get get <laughs> keep their strength up and stuff like that for 12 hour shifts they this is their beverage of choice because it was a meal in a bottle hauling around <laughs> luggage imagine if you're out on the farms of norfolk yeah there we are. Exactly. So. But anyway, she, she offers her a drink of porter and she pours it into a teacup, which I love. Civilised. Very civilised. They're They're fancy. Oh, fancy. if I had known that, well, I would have sort of served this in teacups. Yes, I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but as she served this teacup of porter, Elizabeth comments, uh, I, I should not take sugar in porter. She sees <laughs> white particles in the drink. Mm. Mm. Undeterred. Kate takes back the drink and hands it to her husband, saying, drink it up, it'll do you good. (laughs) Quite right. (laughs) And he does. Uh, Shockingly enough, Robert's condition worsens uh, that day. (laughs) Violently ill, he is violently ill, and but 48 hours later, Robert is dead. Back to Fanny's house. James, her husband, James Billings, he is growing ever sicker. Now we've got that sickness in house one, we've got death in house three, but what about House 2? Where Peter yeah, what lives? about House 2? What's what going on about there? Ha- Oh, well, I'll tell you what happens at House 2. Peter's fine, but his wife Mary also oh. falls ill. Yes, and it's following a lovely Ooh. dinner of dumplings and pork <laughs> gravy. Dumplings, pork that, gravy. Another perfect cocktail <laughs> ingredient. Do you really want me to make pork gravy an ingredient? <laughs> you, li- you lost your shit when we tried to do beef bullion. <laughs> oh, that was all. Yeah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> That actually, was horrible. Are you one of those people who could actually just drink gravy on its own, like good gravy? No. No? No? Not a gravy no. fan? I like gravy. I don't pour it into a wine glass and drink it. <laughs> I'll have I don't on a roast. Either. Lovely. <laughs> I know, but do you do that thing where you clear it away and you've got the jug of like, Oh, I have a little spoolful of that. That's delicious. No, no really? Oh, okay. Well, I don't either. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, she has the lovely dinner of uh, dumplings and pork gravy. And she also, um, that's washed down with a medicine 
that Kate drops round for poor Mary oh, Taylor. Very kind of her. Oh, very good. Uh, they're not subtle about the administering of uh, of whatever this substance is in the household. Well, they're not subtle about the shagging either, really, are they? So <laughs> Just it's not entirely surprising. In the street shagging. <laughs> it's, it's recorded as a couple of reports here that the village blacksmith stopped by for a haircut and a shave from Peter. Remember, he's a barber. And yeah. a tap dance and a, and a lap dance. <laughs> and a good song. He sees Kate bring in a bowl of gruel and using the tip of a knife added what looks like powdered sugar. She's not subtle, really, is she? Mm-mm. Well, maybe people are that. Well, people are that stupid. <laughs> They're going, oh, you put in sugar in the, dr- the gruel. Oh, well, Nimrod. This a sister-in-law visits to also help Mary and care for Peter as well, and she they she sees Fanny coming in and taking paper out of her pocket, pour the contents into a teacup, hand it over to Mary, and then hurl the paper into the fire. <laughs> So they're not subtle. They're not subtle. They're really not, no. This yes. is... No one raises a fucking word about this, though, at the time. Oh, no, absolutely. No, no, no. They're fine. It's just, it's sugar. Sugary tea. We love it. Well, unsurprising, after this consistent bout of poisoning that everyone has witnessed, Mary succumbs quickly to convulsions, to terrible, terrible vomiting. She drops dead at home. She is dead. Yes. Mary is dead. Now... Poor Mary. Now, this is a town built on gossip and claims of cholera aside, three deaths of adults in neighbouring houses where everyone has clearly been shagging for Britain is going to raise some (laughs) eyebrows, particularly when no one else is ill in the street at all. And it's enough that when Mary dies, a post-mortem is ordered. Apparently, this they they open her stomach on her own kitchen table in the house. and they take the, the stomach out and luckily they send it off for examination to a local pharmacy. They open the stomach and what do they find? I don't know. What could it be? Dumplings! <laughs> no, it it's is. just full of dumplings. It's just full of dumplings. <laughs> My God, the woman was mad on dumplings. <laughs> no, it is arsenic! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic! So it's you said that. I, what I was envisioning, they sort of cut her open and this sort of like great, great sort of like billowing cloud in the shape of a skull comes out or something. <laughs> In a very dramatic way. One day, one day that will happen. You can probably imagine that because they've been absolutely loading the bitch with arsenic. Exactly. She's full of arsenic. There's skull and crossbones just comes out. Everyone who opens her stomach (laughs) dies instantly. Yeah, just arsenic powder everywhere. (laughs) Like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. (laughs) Arsenic is found. Oh my God. The woman has been poisoned. The wolves start to circle. Fanny, knowing that her time is short, tries to, for some reason, speed up her husband's death. It's said that why why would you not just, you know, back away, just leave it be, don't kill anyone else. No, no, no. She's, she's at her husband's side offering him dumplings and cups of tea, probably about every five minutes. <laughs> but then if he's dead... Then there's really no one to say, oh, my wife's shagging the next door husband. Well, so. uh, that may have been her logic. Uh, it doesn't work. He does actually take one of the cups of tea. He's probably thirsty. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so she's there with a whole table full of food going, help yourself, darling. I mean, mainly everything she serves is just like powder. So it's quite, pretty, quite dry. <laughs> <laughs> Have this powdered tea and this powdered chicken. <laughs> I don't like any of this. He does take a cup of tea. He gets very ill, but he recovers. Bloody James has got the iron constitution that none of the others did. He powers through. He's a very angry man as well. Apparently around this time as well, Mrs. Southgate, Elizabeth Southgate, the poor woman who has lost her baby, begs Kate to have her husband's body exhumed 
so it can be tested. Just raise up the body and test it so they'll prove you innocent. And Kate's going, oh, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't do that with you. <laughs> it's probably not the best idea. Would you, would you, would you do it? She's like, she's like, well, yeah, because then you'll be proven innocent. Going, oh, no, I'm, no, no. <laughs> Fanny is arrested on the 18th of March, held in Walsingham Bridewell Prison. Peter is arrested the next day. Kate, at this point, knows that it's only a matter of time before she is arrested. And there are reports that she tries to visit Hannah Shorten again, or she sends her children there, to get a spell that will tie the jailer's tongue. <laughs> Nice. So he will say nothing about Fanny or her. She also shouts out when Peter is arrested. She's not doing herself any favours. Uh, shouts out when he's arrested. Peter, hold your own and they can't hurt you. Just shut mm, up. Just shush mm. yourself. Yes, just shush, lady. <laughs> but as they're arrested, Robert's body is exhumed, her husband's body. It's found to contain massive quantities of arsenic. They search Peter Taylor's house, house number two, where the lover lives, and they find arsenic. They also find extra dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that there's a dumpling supply in there. There's, there's a dumpling cupboard, yeah. Absolutely. This is telling because there's, uh, there's a lot of stories out there about dumplings and people just like covering it in dumplings because it's quite stodgy and the, and the powder yeah, and kind of gruelly and everything. But I love I love the dumpling, the dumpling stack that's poisoned. <laughs> so the three of them, Fanny, Kate and Peter, are sent to trial. The women blame each other. She did it, she did it, she did it, she did it, she did it. Peter denies everything. He's in the middle. Literally, you've got house one and three yelling at each other. Peter's in the middle, house number two. Did nothing, nope, nothing to do with me. The jury finds the women guilty. Peter gets away with it. Oh, really? (laughs) His role as as an accessory in this trial is ignored. So he is let go. The courtroom is apparently so packed that there is standing room only as the judge reaches for the black cap and he speaks of the women's vicious and abandoned course of life, which has been packed with guilty lusts. <laughs> he urges them to repent their sins as he orders their execution. Kate uh, does not hold her own throughout all of this. She's in hysterics and her sh- shrieks could be heard across the courtroom as she's removed from court. Whereas Fanny is far more emotionless and very... More composed. More composed. Mm. Three days later, the women are taken to be executed at Norwich Castle. Huge, huge crowds have gathered, mostly of women. The gallows for this occasion were actually moved to the upper end of the castle's bridge, which meant the women had less of a walk, and it also meant more people could watch them die. Well, that's the main thing. I mean, they're probably you're charging tickets. I mean, you've got your souvenir stands as well. <laughs> you want to get as many people in. It is, it's like the, the women had less less of a walk, and more people could see them. Clearly, it was the latter <laughs> there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the women come out. Kate wore widow's weeds. What are widow's weeds? Are they just morning clothes? Like morning, morning, morning dress. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. So I've I've never actually known what that meant. No, actually, like weeds. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> like is, is it like dead the, flowers? She, <laughs> she was caught... like in the pond before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's wearing a pond scum, and she, but she had to be dragged to the gallows literally dragged at the steps I suppose you could probably have to drag me to the gallows as well to be honest it's not somewhere you really want to go well, it's sort of decorum <laughs> in death and stuff Fanny wears a coloured dress a brightly coloured dress <laughs> she's fine with it walks very steadily has to help actually like, reaches down and helps her friend up the steps because she's just like come on come on her friend is like no <laughs> 
the women are executed in front of a crowd that's said to be about 20,000 people strong. Christ. More people than are in Norfolk at that point. The women drop to their deaths. Fanny dies instantly. Kate, who so did not want to go to the gallows, struggled and finally choked to death. Their bodies were left to hang for an hour before they were taken away to be buried. And their death masks can still be seen in Norwich Castle's dungeons today. Ooh, that's exciting. But what about Peter Taylor? What about Peter Taylor? Who got was he away? There to, was he there watching? Yes. Oh, God. Apparently he was in the crowd watching. Yeah. And when he expressed great satisfaction with the women's deaths, he had to run for his life because the crowd Yeah, I'm not bloody surprised. <laughs> idiots stay away so this is from a report when he ran back to burnham market a crowd was waiting for him (laughs) he had to flee again but because of his actions witnesses came forward and the investigation was reopened taylor was re-arrested in 1836 sent to trial and this time he didn't escape and on the 23rd of april that year he met the same fate as the women who had conspired to murder in this street. Why would you go to the execution? Just You've got away with it. Just leg it. He's an idiot. He's an <laughs> idiot. All his singing and barbering and shoemaking couldn't save him. Um, it's Mad. said, and there's a there's a postscript as well, which I'll take from uh, some of the sources from this story. Naomi Clifford, brilliant historian who wrote some great pieces on it. A great blog that is linked to a local paper called Weird Norfolk, which is so cool. But it said, the cottages where the three intertwined families lived are long gone their reputation tarnished beyond repair and to the point where no one would dare let the haunted houses on murderers Mm -hmm. row or poisoners peace as it was later called it was only in recent years that the chemist shop that sold fanny and kate their poison closed its doors for the last time and there are some that claim that that area on north street still makes their blood run cold and that their ghosts make the village their second home Let's go. I want to go and see. <laughs> hey. As for Hannah Shorten, the wise woman was never called to trial, never testified, and was never seen again. Ooh. And that is the story of the Burnham Market Poisoners. That's a very good story. Yay. I like that story. I want to, I want to go to Burnham Market now. I really want to go because I love Norfolk and I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's, let's go, go to Norfolk. Yay. Poisonous cabinet trip. <laughs> Poisonous cabinet trip. When we're allowed out. You're on. <laughs> when we're allowed out, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the, 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 the cottages are not there anymore. They've been long since torn down, but no one would rent them, as they said. But you can still go to Burnham Market. It's a beautiful area and very, very nice. <laughs> one of the best things I found when researching this story, and there's multiple writings on it, and, you know, you do your Google and about Burnham Market poisoners, found an article for, I think it was The Times. <laughs> oh, my God. It, the intro is along the lines of, Many years ago in Norfolk, there was a tale of poisoners in Burnham Market. But now the area has been poisoned by something far worse. Rising house prices. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's, it's the most tenuous link where you're reading it going, which sub-editor got fired for that? <laughs> and there's nothing about the poisonings. It's just, oh, these poor areas have been poisoned by the rise of house prices. <laughs> Oh, it's like, well, it was a shithole when this happened. Sorry. <laughs> Yay. So, what do you think? Oh, next. I like that story. That's a good story. Yes, I did like the random three three cottages. What's going on there? That's. <laughs> We've got a double act. We have got two yes. people. Uh, they're neighbours. They're not strangers, but they decide to work together. It's it's quite a hard one to pick through and to piece all of it together. House number one. House number two. House number three. Blah, 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 blah. But. 
they did seem to make this pact having spoken to Hannah Shorten who is this wise woman who in the earlier case of Mary Wright gave the idea of arsenic they get together and then just conspire to do away with their loved ones so your, your your loved ones most definitely are trying to kill you um <laughs> as is now been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt um, oh it's pretty cut and dried <laughs> and peter i'm glad peter got his comeuppance i mean he could have got away with that one he he you've got away with it now just go somewhere else <laughs> he would have got away no, with he it went if it wasn't for his meddling execution <laughs> I know, and that's fucking cold that is that cold. really is if he's gotten away with it i mean obviously he didn't care about the women didn't care about fanny if he's gonna go watch her die and then just stands in the crowd full of women going huh yeah stupid bitches whatever yeah i'm glad he got lynched wanker <laughs> <laughs> but yes another wonderful tale from norfolk love norfolk we've got some fans from norfolk as well guys you live in an amazing county and we are here for it send us more stories of poisoners from norfolk or from wherever you are in whatever part of the world you are so for more exciting tales you can as we said come and find us on patreon where for but five dollars a month you could get so many more stories about all these exciting things and also what do you think about a darkness on the edge of town it certainly is a an interesting one um but yeah i managed to drink it and yeah (laughs) once you get into it it's actually surprisingly interesting i have had so, a call and hell is indeed frozen over <laughs> indeed so give it a go recipe will be out this evening on the social so yeah try it let us know what you think and tell us do you like a porter on its own do you like a you know, we've got recommendations of a good porter because i don't mind one every night nick will never drink one on its own no i won't uh so. i will have one occasionally but send your suggestions if you've got some really good ones i you know what doing nothing else in lockdown weekends just just <laughs> meld into one long drinking session so let's make it interesting people come and find us on social media have a chat share your messages if you've got some lockdown messages you want to share and you want us to shout out on a future episode send them to us on social media and send us more stories send us more stories that you want to hear historic or new we will find a way to do it and make sure you <laughs> go and check out the merch in time for christmas the poisoners cabinet merch the precious precious merch <laughs> all the shiny things and if you've got time please leave us a review on apple itunes and if you leave a review please can you post it or send us a copy you don't have to post it publicly or send us a message with it in it because there's certain places where people if you if you're in america or if you're in a different country we don't see the reviews so we can't share the love we'd love to thank you for it so if you have left a review send it to us don't worry about it you know we'd, we'd love to say thank you because we really appreciate it but if you haven't already leave us reviews wherever you listen to us because it really really helps us get up the ranks and keep doing this crazy poisoning thing that you love so much and we want to carry on doing it for a long time to come thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you bye